Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Testudo Talk podcast. I'm Andrew Chodis, alongside Emmett Siegel, Maryland football, 4-0 now, uh, returns back to College Park for a game against Indiana. Emmett, how are you doing? Initial thoughts on the team? Uh, well, it's good. Maryland's 4-0. Excited to be back here again with another preview pod, and we miss you on the reaction pod yeah, right after Michigan State game. Uh, if there's anything that you wanted to say, you should probably chime in now because I think we're putting that game in the rearview mirror, but but definitely uh, an interesting opponent that Maryland has against Indiana. Um, not not the strongest opponent, as we'll get into in a minute. Oh uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll give a, a few words on the Michigan State on the Michigan State win. Uh, obviously, I think it's encouraging uh, to see them have a fast start. Obviously, something they weren't able to do in their first three games. But I think, as Coach Loxley mentioned post game, you know they still haven't been able to put that full sixty minute uh, minute effort in. So I think something against Indiana, a weaker opponent, that's something I think that that Loxley, you know, would like to see. They have a really good opportunity here to basically dominate uh, for the whole four quarters. We'll we'll discuss what Indiana's main weakness is, especially on the offensive side of the ball, but. I think that's that's Maryland's goal this week should be able to they have an opportunity to really show off in a in a full 60 minute effort. Yeah, and you got Ohio State on the horizon which you don't want to look ahead too much but like yeah. we're not playing so whatever we can look ahead. Um you know, if Maryland wins this game, they'll be 5 and 0 uh for the first time in over 20 years going into Ohio State which is undefeated. They beat Notre Dame. By the time that we uh finished recording the reaction podcast to the last game, we didn't know what was going to happen in that game yet. Uh, mm-hmm. I hadn't finished yet, so we now know for sure that Ohio State will be undefeated coming into that game. If Maryland isn't undefeated, I think that would be a pretty big disappointment just looking at Indiana's team, the way they've played so far. Um, they almost lost to Akron last week. Should and for anyone that, that, yes, I was going to say, for anybody that that didn't get a chance to watch the game, which I know a lot of people probably weren't, it was, it was stashed away on Big Ten Network, I think behind that uh, Northwestern Minnesota game. Akron should have definitely won that game. They had a chance in the fourth quarter right at the end of regulation to kick a field goal. And win it, they missed a short field goal. It went to, uh, was it four overtimes? I think, um, not not an impressive performance for anyone that doesn't know. Akron is like one of the worst teams in FBS. And Joe Moorhead is their coach, which I thought was kind of funny for a Mississippi State coach. But uh, but Indiana dodged a bullet there. But still, you kind of saw the weaknesses on display that we're going to talk about and the reasons why Maryland is such a big favorite coming into this game. The fact that they were they were close against Akron, kind of a weird season for them so far for Indiana. You know, Ohio State, I know it's week one, so you never really know what to take away from week one performances, but Ohio State did not command that game. Indiana hung around um, against Louisville. They, they put up a good fight. Kind of a, an interesting team, but uh, definitely one of the weaker teams in the Big Ten, I would say. Yeah, no, no, you you mentioned, you, I know you mentioned Northwestern, and it's so weird. It's looked like a few years ago, Indiana and Northwestern, they were a team competing for Big Ten championships during, during that COVID year, but as you mentioned, it's 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 really been a downhill for Tom Allen and, and Indiana. And this year they're struggling in a bunch of different categories. And I think with that, we can start with with their with their most glaring weakness. Uh and that's 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 their rushing attack. It's their rushing offense, their rushing defense, both I believe second to last and third to last, respectively, um, in the Big Ten. They they've allowed close to 170 yards a game defensively and offensively. They are not able to rush the ball at all, establish a rushing attack. We'll go into their passing attack too, which is almost equally as poor. But this is a game with Maryland's defense that has really improved as, as the season went on, especially with their takeaways and making big plays. 
this seems like a game where, where we can see Maryland really dominate on the defensive side of the ball. Big game for Maryland's front seven. Um, yeah. Not necessarily because they're up against a huge challenge, but because mm-hmm. this is the kind of game where maybe a little bit of a get right game. Not that they haven't been good. They've been very solid, but mm-hmm. a bit of an, of an opportunity to maybe take over. Like you said, Indiana, one of the worst rushing attacks, one of the worst rushing defenses in the conference. Um, I forget exactly which one it is, but one of them is second to last in the conference. One of them is last in the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, when it comes to the run game, Indiana is not your team in the Big Ten. Um, this is this is a chance for Maryland not only to have a big defensive game uh, running in terms of stopping the run, but on offense, we saw last week, you know, Maryland threw the ball semi-efficiently, pretty efficiently uh, for the first part of the game. But then that offense didn't totally pick it back up in that second half especially running the ball. Uh, we saw Roman Hemby, who was a little bit limited. He only had like 12 yards. Uh, Colby McDonald had like a 25-yard rush that that put him at the top of the stats in terms of rushing yards. So not the most impressive performance from Maryland's rushing attack last week. Definitely a big chance this week to maybe kind of take over that game. You can definitely see Maryland choose, uh, excuse me, chewing some clock, mm-hmm. uh, some big explosive run plays that we haven't seen in a couple weeks. Maybe if Roman Hemby is healthy, he could be in for a big game. Um, that would certainly be the number one thing that I'm looking for for Maryland this week would be to to dominate the run and definitely kind of pound it down Indiana's throat. Yeah, no, that's definitely what I was going to mention. You know, ex- exactly the same is that this, this is kind of looking. You don't want to overlook the opponent, obviously, but this kind of seems like a bounce back game for the running backs. As you mentioned, Roman Hemby, worst game of the season, just 12 yards on 10 rushes. We, uh, Loxley did mention his health. He wasn't really able to practice the entire week, had some issues, had some a lower body injury. So well, that's definitely something to monitor throughout the week. We'll see when the injury report comes out, if he's questionable, if they want to kind of save him for Ohio State. Again, not overlooking the opponent, just trying tr- trying to be real here with how the schedule um, it, it is turning out. But there's definitely, it seems like there's a lot of opportunities for Maryland to kind of stick it to Indiana and a bunch of different facets of the game. For sure. Maryland is last I saw uh, over a two touchdown favorite um, in terms of the betting lines. And then um, I saw, I think it was S&P plus had them as like 20 point favorites. Um, This is the kind of game that Maryland should not only win, but we've seen from Loxley saying this Maryland needs to win convincingly needs to play a full 60 minutes. I mean, Loxley's press conference on Tuesday was probably about as introspective as I've ever seen Mike Loxley, which is interesting after a a four and start. But the way he was talking about when he was walking off the field, he didn't really know what to feel because he was happy that his team won. He was happy that his team is still undefeated, but didn't really know how to feel balancing that with a slow finish to the game, kind of dragging themselves to the finish line. Um, It was interesting to see the way that he was pretty honest about that. But I think that was a good sight to see just because that's what everyone else has been saying. And it's clear that he knows that. And he I mean, he didn't he didn't stop short of, you know, putting a little bit of blame on us, the media for, for, you know, always asking him the questions about the mistakes as team makes and not focusing on the positives. But even so what we've seen from Maryland, we've yet to see them put together a full 60 minutes. If they can do that against Indiana, this should be a bloodbath. Maryland should win by multiple touchdowns. Maryland should cruise to victory. Um, But if they start slow or they finish slow, Indiana has given Maryland trouble over the last couple of years, even though we had, Back when Michael Penix was there, they were they were good. Like you said, they were competing for a Big Ten championship. I think they had the best record in the Big Ten East, but they didn't like something happened where Ohio State like didn't play enough games, but they changed the rules to let Ohio State in. Um, and I know Indiana was really upset about that, but Indiana has fallen pretty far since then. Their uh, their head coach Tom Allen is definitely his seat is warming up. 
Walt Bell, their offensive coordinator, his seat is on fire right now. Former Maryland offensive coordinator, uh, not looking too good at Indiana. Um, this is a team, though, that has given Maryland a little bit of trouble. Last year, Talia gets carted off in that game. Billy Edwards and, and Roman Hemby have to lead the comeback effort. Um, so this would be a good a good chance for Maryland maybe to, to put that in the rear view and, and move forward with a convincing win in their first Big Ten home game. Well, that's what I was going to mention. You mentioned, obviously, it's every year it's a different team, but it is it is kind of just ridiculous look, look, looking at the history of this matchup. Last year, Maryland wins 38-33. The year before that, they win 38-35. The year before that, the Cove win Indiana was exceptional. Indiana won 27-11. But the next two games, Indiana wins by six. Indiana wins by two. Maryland wins by three. Indiana wins by two. So very interesting. I mean, again, Maryland seems like the much better team on paper. If history repeats itself. I mean, this is a pretty interesting stat to look at. And, and I know we have talked a lot about, you know, the many weaknesses of, of Indiana, but they, they're positive in, in, in some aspects. That includes their past defense. I, I think when Talia Tagovailoa was on was on the podium on Tuesday, he mentioned they have a good secondary, and and they really do. Uh, they're, they rank fourth in the entire Big Ten in, in pass defense, just behind Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. They're allowing 176 yards per game. So pretty impressive, right? So, I mean, we saw in the second half of the Michigan State game, Talia looked a little bit shaky. So maybe if that continues into the game, Indiana can exploit that. So that's definitely something to, something to look out for. But again, I would expect Josh Gaddis in the offense to probably lean on the rushing attack early just because how much Indiana has, has struggled with that. I think that would be probably the smartest thing they could do. Um, just looking, like you said, like their past defense has done a good job of forcing turnovers. Their their past defense, you know, obviously it's opponent adjusted, right? Mm -hmm. But um, their past defense has not allowed that much through the year. Um, I know in that, that Akron game um, maybe maybe soured my view on Indiana because that's really the full mm -hmm. the first full chance I got to watch them just because there was the in their Ohio State game that was the overlap with Maryland's game, so I didn't really get a chance to watch them. But um, but yeah, they're they're not they're not a walkover, right? There's no team in the Big Ten that's a walkover. I mean, you saw that even with Northwestern, right? Everyone talking about how bad they are. Then they come back from like three touchdowns down in the fourth quarter to yeah. Minnesota and Rutgers, who has been you know terrible for the last couple of years. They started what three, four, and oh, three and oh, I guess it was going to Michigan and they pushed them around for a little bit, right? So you never really know in the Big Ten, right? It, it could be anyone can get anyone, you know, maybe, maybe that's more so in basketball, but um, definitely there's no walkovers in the Big Ten. So this is not not a yeah. game that you can look ahead if you're Maryland. No, and, and I mean, even in the first game of the season in Indiana, they really kept Ohio State close for, for three quarters and, you know, they only, they only lost 23 to three. But I'm saying, Putting that into perspective, I mean, it was a it was a close game for for three quarters before Ohio State pulled away. So again, on any given day in the Big Ten, you can see some crazy things. Yeah, um, just like out of curiosity, where would you say if you had to power rank these teams right now? Where where are we stand? I know there's been a lot of talk right now with Maryland at four and zero. The way yeah. they've won once again, we're talking about a really easy schedule. But Maryland has won. I think it's one of four teams in the country that has won every game by eighteen points, and the other teams on that list are like. Washington and um, Oregon, maybe, you know, teams that are blowing everyone out um, mm -hmm. right now, temperature check. Where do you think this Maryland team fits in the big 10? And, and then conversely, where do you think Indiana fits? I'll start with Indiana. Um, out of the 14 teams, I, I think that Northwestern and Indiana are probably the bottom two. Um, I, th I think you've got to kind of a and B. So I'll put them 13, a 13 B uh, Maryland, obviously, there's been a lot of discussion in the national media. 
you know, is this Maryland's typical hot start with an early schedule, or is this really a year in which they can take it forward? And this is something we we, we even discussed in the preseason, right? We we kind of thought they would start off four and zero, possibly five and zero, and then that's really when a lot of the question marks hit. Um, solely based on the performances right now, and not looking towards the future, I would probably stay. I think Penn State has been the most impressive team in the Big Ten so far. You're welcome to disagree. Um, then I would say Ohio State and Michigan tied. I would have said Michigan ahead, but Ohio State's win at Notre Dame, uh, I, th- I think, kind of makes that even. And I think it's it's close. I, I think you have to consider Maryland right now at at, at number four. Um, it, it's it's I, we say that, and then you know they they might go ahead at, at Nebraska and Ohio State and have two losses in three games, and you kind of change your mind. But right now, I'm going to put them at number four. I think that's fair. Honestly, I was going to say the same thing. I think Indiana is right there at the bottom. You know, I I, I think that they've been about yeah. the least impressive Big Ten team I've seen. Um, and then Maryland, I think, has to be in that four spot, right? And it once again, it brings up the discussion of the divisions and and everything that's going on there. But but yeah, Penn State has been super impressive. Ohio State with the biggest win of any team in the conference so far. Um, mm-hmm. And then Michigan is is Michigan. They haven't lost a regular season game in like two or three years. So um, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. But then after that, I mean, there's not a team in the Big Ten West that I think would be favored against Maryland right now. I mean, Iowa's offense is somehow maybe worse than last year. I don't even know how that's possible, but they are terrible on offense. Wisconsin is, you never really, you don't really know what you're getting from Wisconsin right now. I mean, they're, you know, inconsistent. And then, you know, you look at the rest of that league, you know, Minnesota drops a game. Um, Illinois looks not as good as last year. You know, I think Maryland has to be the, the, if you're making power rankings, which I guess we are right now, Maryland would probably have to be that fourth team in the conference. Uh, Yeah. And then I would say, I would say Wisconsin is, is probably right there as well in the, in the, in the fifth spot. I I know, but I mean, their one loss came to a, a very good Washington state team and, and they've taken care of business besides that. Um, So I, I think, I think Wisconsin would probably be in that five spot. And then as crazy as it sounds, I mean, Rutgers, Rutgers may be in that, in that sixth spot. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll maybe. have to see. We'll have to see how the rest of the season plays out. But, I, uh, I said maybe. I, I yeah. said based on their performances right now. Early so. season performances, yeah. they've been they've been pretty impressive. Yeah, and it's not it's not getting any easier when you look at those teams that are coming into the Big Ten. When you look at like Washington and Oregon, they might be like you know two of the most dom- and USC, you know, three of the most dominant teams in the country. Are they are the, are those all top ten? I think they're all top ten right now, right? They should be. I mean, there's a lot of people saying Washington should be number one just based off resume. I mean, they are they are killing teams. Like they are yeah. killing teams. We talked about it with Michigan State last week, but I mean, they're not stopping. They're they're killing teams. USC has has Caleb Williams. Oregon seems to be riding a ton of momentum after the Colorado game. Those are three teams that I think two of them might make the college football playoff. Yeah, yeah, very very reasonable. And you know, Washington, Michael Penix, right, former Indiana guy. I, if I remember correctly. Um, this is just off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it was the game against Maryland where he hurt his knee, um, in the COVID year. So maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, the me, the verbal meme with the, with the domino being pushed. And then the big domino at the end of Michael Penix plays Maryland in 2020. And then Michael Penix wins the Heisman at Washington. The game was, uh, Penn state. Okay. So something happened, but (laughs) regardless, um, let's talk about, we, we just talked about Maryland being one of the best teams in the big 10 and then Indiana being one of the worst teams in the big 10. We talked about all of Indiana's deficiencies and a little bit about their fact that their past defense isn't too bad. 
if Maryland is going to lose this game, if, Mar- if Indiana is going to pull the upset, how do you envision that happening? What do you think has to happen for, for Indiana to win this game? Well, I'll talk about schematically second. I think the first thing is if Maryland overlooks this game and, this, and, and their mindsets on Ohio State, I mean, you, you can understand that, right? Um, so I guess that that's the number one thing. Um, schematically? Self-inflicted mistakes from, from Tagovailoa? Um, yeah. in, in the passing game, uh, which we've seen him do, we 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 I mean we saw him do it last year. I mean against similar teams. Um, I think that's the num- that's that's that that's the number one. Um, and Maryland's defense, it's been really good at turning the ball over, but it's still it's allowed a lot of yards. So again, I think that if if they don't if they don't manage to record some of those turnovers, Indiana, even though we discussed their offense isn't so good. They might be able to, you know, drive the ball downfield and put some points on the board. So I think the only way, I think Maryland, you know, Loxley mentions Terps versus Terps a lot. I genuinely think this is a game where it, it might be a little bit of Terps versus Terps. I think that's the only way Indiana can pull out the victory. Well, you mentioned the turnovers, and we've seen the regression monster. It, I mean, it's huge in the NFL, but it's, it exists in college football as well. The idea of turnover luck kind of skewing results a little bit. Not to yeah. say that Maryland's defense hasn't been impressive. It has been very impressive. And those turnovers aren't like a mistake. It's not like they're jumping on like fumbles, like they're just picking off quarterbacks. But even so, like like you said, they're allowing a lot of yards. There is something to be said for maybe a little bit of regression to the mean, where maybe when those turnovers kind of stop coming, maybe that defense is a little bit less effective. But I think, like you said, it's it's going to be about self-inflicted wounds. If Maryland would lose this game, they would lose this game. Indiana would not win this game. I think that I think we can probably both agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, score prediction. What do you expect the final score to be on Saturday when Maryland plays Indiana in its fifth game of the season? Uh, before giving a prediction, we mentioned the takeaways and if it's sustainable, I'm going to plug myself onto stadiotimes.com. Uh, you can see an article I wrote about Maryland, how their takeaways have powered their early success. But on the score predictions, I think Maryland's offense is going to have a very productive day. I'm going to go with 38-13. 38-13. That seems fair. I was gonna say I was gonna say 35-14, but that seems too close to yours. So I'll say uh say it'll be a little bit lower scoring. What about 28 to 10 Maryland? That sounds outstanding, isn't it? in front of what should be a pretty good crowd in college park it's looking well, like you were, well, yeah well you were saying that the ticket sales were already better than virginia right yeah uh let me find the creator so i can give him credit real quick but there's a uh, a website that i believe someone from one of the message boards made where he tracks um where the website tracks uh ticket sales for maryland sporting events for football and men's basketball um the guy's name is john keniston I hope I pronounced his name right. It's MarylandWillWin.com. Um, and pretty much it, it shows the number of tickets that are available on the official athletic department website. It's kind of an approximate uh, way to estimate what the crowds are going to look like. But so far, it looks like a, about 1,500 more tickets. We're recording this Thursday evening. About 1,500 more tickets have already been sold for the Indiana game than for the Virginia game. Um, so it's trending like be probably the biggest crowd of the season and then obviously the students are going to show up it should be a nice day but uh that home field advantage would definitely be something very welcome for maryland 
Um, we've been talking about it a lot over the past couple of years. The crowds this year have actually been pretty good. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's a little bit early to make any final um, statements, but the crowds have been pretty good. Um, but anyway, we'll see how Maryland does this weekend, and we'll be back Saturday night with a uh, with a recap of what happened in the Maryland versus Indiana game. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow night.